Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. All right, so last hour we were going over these two stories, kind of related. They were, you know, stories of leftists, apparently, targeting Democrats because they are not sufficiently leftist. And and targeting them with violence. The first story was Pat Cotham, Mecklenburg County Commissioner, who's got, you know, her campaign signs all over her car, and some, you know, crazy person starts, uh, like, trying to ram her car and screaming and yelling vulgarities at her, and she's got the grandkid in the car. And then we got this story out of Asheville, Maggie Ullman, city council member. She has somebody smash her her windows of her car and slash her car's tires after she puts out a statement saying, Hey, um, let's have a conversation about public safety. And that's a bridge too far. Now I posted this, or as I was talking about this, my uh, friend uh, and former colleague at uh, WWNC in Asheville, Mark, the morning guy, Mark Starling, uh, he was listening and he said, Hey, there's a development in this story. I was not aware of this. So, Mark, welcome to the to the program. How are you? I'm I'm well, Pete. I'm a, I'm I want you to know I'm safely tucked away in my new home in Black Mountain. Oh, look at you, another refugee from Asheville. Yes, uh, luckily I I was able to do it without a, a plane ticket from uh, Governor Abbott, but I yeah. was able to drive down forty and get here. But I safely tucked away in my new mountain abode, if you will. Very nice. I'm glad for you. Uh, remember, don't get on the north side of the mountain because you just get, no, no, yeah, never be on the north side. Um, so, um, so no, that's that, that's good for folks who um, I, I don't know if uh, we mentioned this maybe the last time you were on, but Mark. For some reason, uh, decided to go get an apartment in West Asheville, which was sort of the stab you in the eye kind of area. Um, and uh, not only did he get an apartment in West Asheville, it was his apartment was like right up on the sidewalk, and so that led to all manner of interactions, shall we say, with uh, people in various states of insanity. So and dress and dress or lack thereof. Or lack thereof, as the case was. Yeah. So and then I moved downtown. Oh, I didn't know that you moved downtown Asheville. So that so, that wasn't scary enough. You were like, I got to just kind of you know, take this baby all the way to eleven, just see what I'm it looks going like. To the belly of the beast is what I said to myself. Let's go to the belly of the beast and see if we can't change the world. Did you go and, to uh, the apartments that are across the street from the shelter? Those new uh, apartments? No. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. I was lucky enough. Uh, a friend of mine owned a condo in a uh, on one of the new buildings on Biltmore, right by the Orange Peel. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I moved in there. It was beautiful building, beautiful apartments. So, you know, gated, secured parking garage, the whole nine yards. Wow, very bougie. Very bougie. Very <laughs> non-radio, if you will. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, so, so I ended up moving from there. But it's so interesting. You know, that this story about Maggie Ullman comes up because um, there's actually, so we actually need to go back to about two months ago. Okay. Because that is when uh, Councilwoman Ullman took it upon herself 
to gather a small group of 15 to 18 people, including uh, those of the ages of about 8 to 12 years old, and go stand out in front of uh, a, a black church in her neighborhood, who the preacher had come out and, and spoken fervently about uh, a lot of the LGBTQ issues that were happening in schools and mm-hmm. whatnot. Yes. And she led a protest to have him uh, basically thrown out or run out of the neighborhood. So now we fast forward to this letter that comes out on Thursday, uh, which was, if I could point out, one of the most poorly grammatically written letters I think I have ever read in my entire life. So I don't know if the intern is still working at the city or not. But well, I mean, well, to be fair, well, they did put it out on City of Asheville stationery, but it, I kind of got the impression that she whipped this thing together with her colleagues, and you know, yeah. Yeah, it, I agree. There were there were quite a few grammatical mistakes, but I don't know. I mean, the worst. Have you seen Truth Social? I mean, come on. I, anyway. So at any rate, this letter comes out. Um, somewhere, I guess it was it would have been Thursday night, someone comes and smashes the car windows out of her car and, of course, slashes her tires. And, uh, you know, now, reminder, this is also after a campaign of citizen-paid-for billboards saying they support the police were vandalized every time they went up. (laughs) So let's keep that in mind. And then, of course, this afternoon, uh, all of a sudden I get this little blurb from the police department, and it turns out two police cars were torched uh, downtown over the weekend, total losses, and it just so happens that last weekend was the big weekend that your favorite store and mine, the Firestorm Anarchist Book, moved into its superstore-sized location. Oh, really? There are so, that many people buying books, huh? They, they moved from, get this, they moved from that little tiny store that they had right there on Haywood Street where you could get your heroin needles on one side and chicken wings on the other. Right, and then leave all of the needles on the sidewalk where, like, children right. step on them, and then the mothers who were all woke blame their children or right. uh, society, but not the, the addicts or the, the free needle well, place. And by the way, just for the record, that's not a needle exchange going on there. No. That's just a needle give out. Yeah, because in, uh, I think we got the totals, uh, and it was... Uh, only 31% of needles that get handed out actually are exchanged. Mm-hmm. So we got that going for us. Uh, and then, um, you know, we get these, the, the Firestorm bookstore moves, and they move from this tiny little location. And do you remember down on the other end of Haywood, close to where Patton Avenue is, there was the big Dave's Automotive Place, and they used to do the Homeward Bound yeah. uh, outreach. Okay, that's all Firestorm bookstore now. The whole piece of property has been given to them. In a trust. Oh, my God. So that's hilarious. So here you got, yeah. So these are like, this is why I call them anarchist LARPers. Right. They, right. It, like, they're, they're obviously well-funded. They've got, somebody gave them some super-sized big box to operate their stupid bookstore out of where they can foment anarchy. It, it, yeah, I mean, they could sit around and drink, you know, all of their uh, their bougie coffees and stuff and, and wax poetically about uh, if the day ever comes where they have to work or something. My God. Well, I mean, to, to be fair, you know, you do have to supply every single school child with a copy of the Anarchist Cookbook. That's I mean, true. It is Asheville, after all. Well, that's, well, they are in the libraries, right? Aren't those in the, the Anarchist Cookbook, right? Those are in the school libraries, I believe, right? Because otherwise, that would be a book ban. And I know... 
that the leftists do not like book bans. And so, yeah, we have to give the anarchist cookbook yeah. in order to teach kids how to make bombs. Yeah, and, and meanwhile, while you would think the, you know, the, the, the local GOP organization could be organizing off of this stuff, they're too busy <laughs> uh, with the chairman in court because apparently he assaulted a, uh, shall we say, non, no longer conservative uh, school board member that she just happened to have a tape recorder in her pocket running while the assault happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amy Churchill. Yeah, yeah I saw that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, I mean, really Republicans running a great uh, defensive campaign and offensive campaign up here right. when it comes to, like, tying things together and coming up with a with a story to tell. Yeah. Well, remember, no too, what was the guy's name? Shad Higgins, right? He owned a tire shop. He ran against the sheriff. Uh, and right. Shad had no experience whatsoever as a law enforcement officer. I'm not saying he yeah. should have won, but his tire shop got burned to the ground. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that, so, and they never did figure that one out. Uh, well, but, no. I, yeah. mean, I think a lot of people have their suspicions, but, you know, uh, yeah. it, this is just typical for this area, though. It's, you know, it's continuing to get worse. You've got, you've got woke city council members. And I, I really don't even like to use that term, woke, because... I don't think I don't think these people are awake at all, uh, right? And so they're eating their own now. And listen, who am I to step in the way of them right. eating their own to my enjoyment? Right. Like this is yeah. Oh my gosh, who do I root for? No, just root for injuries. No, I'm kidding. I mean, I do not want violence. I'm just like rhetorically speaking. But like, I don't like either of these either of these groups. But this is why it's a perfect example. You can't count on liberals to stand up against leftists. They they just don't want to do it. They're afraid to do it. Well, and you see what happens when they do. Yeah. Like I have no doubt in my mind that the that the attack on uh, Councilwoman Ullman was perpetrated by leftists. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but there aren't any right wingers in Asheville. Exactly. Right. There's I mean, nobody there to do it of, of a different political stripe. Remember, remember Deborah Campbell, who used to work here in the city of Charlotte, and when the, and then took the job as the city manager in Asheville, and they put signs on her front lawn about defunding the police. A black woman, first black female city manager in Asheville, and they basically, I mean, it was kind of KKK-ish. They put in big signs out in front of your yard telling you to do something or else. They, they weren't actually... They weren't actually signs. They were fake headstones with oh. their names on them. And it was on all of the city council members' houses except for one. Who was that? That would be uh, Councilwoman Roney. Oh, Kim Roney, of course. Yeah, she looked at the police chief during a public safety meeting and said, uh, I cannot vote uh, for the approval of these new bulletproof vests and new patrol rifles, even though they won't cost us anything, because I think it's time we level the playing field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you, you know, need to get shot, cops. Hey, you need to get shot, right? Because Kim Roney, the city councilman, thinks you're shooting too many people. So let's everybody not have vests. So it's fair. Let's come to the mountains where the hotel rooms are six hundred dollars a night and the sandwiches are eighteen dollars a piece, and you get to learn some good tactical training while you're here. Mark Starling, Morning Guy, WWNC. Good to hear from you, Mark. Thanks for the intel. Appreciate it. Thanks, Pete. Bye, buddy. See you. That's amazing. So two cop cruisers torched over the weekend. Unbelievable. I will explain about the north, well, uh, north side of the mountain is it, it's always in the shade. You never get sun. So you don't want to be on the north side. See that? I have lots of information like this that is very close to useless. 
All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. By the way, I'm going to interview Bill Maher tomorrow. It'll be on Wednesday's show. He can only record it. So, because he's coming to town, he's doing a show at Ovens Auditorium. So, uh, stay tuned for that. The interview will air on Wednesday. Um, earlier in the program last hour, we, uh, we spoke with Tony. Tony called in. It's always great to, uh, to hear from Tony. And I asked him, dude, where were you for the WBT news and brews event? I put him on the list. We, I had people offering to buy him a ticket there. I, there were people that were like, I will sit at his table, you know, to make sure like nothing happens to him if he's worried about something like that, but he shouldn't be. And, um, so he said he had to work, which I don't, I mean, I don't know if I'm buying that. I'm thinking that was kind of like, I got to wash my hair excuse, but whatevs. Maybe next time I'm going to keep inviting him. Jan says, uh, I wanted to meet Tony because I do not keep myself wrapped in a bubble in which I only talk to and listen to people who agree with me, which also explains why I continue to listen to your show. Even after you went and moved back to Charlotte, Pete, that's, that's fair. That's fair, Jan. That's fair. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, Let me see here. I had another. Where was that? That was on Twitter. Hang on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Here we go. And it's a Pete tweet talking about. uh, Oh, this was another Tony tweet. Hang on. Um, Or no. No, this was about. I'm sorry. Okay. This is from Russ. About 30 years ago, I had a woman just lose it on me near Queens University. I was waiting to turn onto Queens or maybe turn onto Queens. Not really sure that that intersection there, Queens and Queens, uh, when a woman pulled up beside me and started screaming about my college sticker. She was swearing, red-faced, shoulders out the window, enraged. I wasn't sure if I should be scared or laugh at how unhinged she was. People have gotten, uh, people have not gotten any more sane or restrained since then. Um, Oh, because Russ went to the Citadel. That's why she went nuts on it. I was thinking, I was like, why? What kind of, is this like a Duke UNC thing? Or is this like some sort of like an NC State versus everybody thing? I just, I kid, I kid NC State. I don't, I don't know who their rivals are. Um, <laughs> the, uh, regarding the, uh, uh, the attacks on these, uh, the police cruisers and the, uh, the Democrats uh, here in Mecklenburg, but also up in Asheville. Uh, this is from Putin, who says on the Twitter machine that the authorities are not going to do anything about it because leftist violence is state-sponsored terrorism. Yeah, I, I like that. Must be super frustrating if you are if you're a Democrat that's been targeted by leftists. How do you trust that anything is going to come of that? Because there's all sorts of pressure points there. Like with the Republicans, I mean, like, we, I mean, people who are right of center, we like, 
like we know we're not going to get <laughs> anything like, like an investigation on you know a political uh, hit job like that. But but people on like on the Democrat side, they may actually think that they could get an investigation. That's got to be tough for them to recognize. Hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm, uh, I'm good. What's up? To your program. Thank and you. I, I clearly enjoy it. Um, my question is: the is term limits for Congress able to be put on a ballot so that the general voting population can vote for this and get rid of these long-term uh, congressmen? It would not necessarily be on. So, all right. First off, you would have to do it at every single state because the states are the ones that draw up the ballots. Right. Oh, so okay. there's no national referendum per se. <clears throat> However, there is what's called the Convention of States. It's an Article Five convention. It's in this, the U.S. Constitution, Article Five, and it says that you know if you want to propose an amendment to the U.S. Constitution, there are two ways to do it. One is to have it be proposed by Congress and then ratified by the states, or it could be proposed via a convention of the states where they all send delegates they would then uh propose constitutional amendments and then they would go through that same ratification process so that's what the convention of states project is all about uh, you can look at them uh, look them up online at uh, cosaction.org i believe is the website okay thank you yeah yeah okay the other thing i was thinking of that you know what other suggestions out there from the populace can we do to possibly prevent corruption in our, our Congress. The only thing I was thinking of, another thing, is straight party, party ticket voting should be banned. Ban- you should be able to vote for the individual. You can, when you do a straight party ticket, you're voting in crappy people along with some good people. Well, so, North Carolina literally has... Are you, in, are you a voter in North Carolina? Yes, I okay. am. All right, so but, when I first I moved here, we had... What's that? I haven't voted in 20 years. Okay, I'm so the last... years old. Okay, so the 20 years ago, there was straight party ticket voting in North Carolina. That was done away with. There, so now you cannot pull one lever for one whole party. you got to go through every single race, and you got to vote in every single race, which that obviously you have a thing called ballot drop-off or roll-off or erosion where people vote top of ticket couple of the races at the top of the ticket, and then they just walk out. And so you end up with fewer votes down ballot. So you get less participation in the down ballot races. That's the, that, that's the downside. Okay. Yeah. So, we don't have, yeah, so we don't have straight party voting any longer in North Carolina. A lot of states don't. Okay. Thank you very yeah. much. Yes, sir. That answers all my questions. Okay, great. Look at that. That's, that is a rare thing when I can answer questions with that level of guessing. Um, John, I appreciate the call. No, I'm not guessing. I swear. Everything I told you is true, I think. Um, all right. So there was another related story to what we're, uh, what we saw in Asheville, what we saw in Charlotte with these left-wing attacks on Democrat officials. There is a, there's another related story. Do you remember the story of Jamie Marsicano? You remember this story? Jamie Marsicano? Okay, probably not. Jamie's dad is Michael Marsicano. And in Charlotte, that name, if you are paying any attention to philanthropy, politics, business, whatever, if you, you probably heard this name, the Foundation of the Carolinas. 
he ran the foundation uh, for the Carolinas. Of the Carolinas? For, foundation for the Whatever. Um, he ran the foundation. And his son, now trans militant Antifa activist, got arrested, charged with attacking cops down in Atlanta in protest of the, quote, cop city. So here is uh, from, well, I got it off of Yahoo News, but it's the Observer. It's the McClatchy Papers. And uh, uh, they, uh, they, they respect the, uh, uh, the misuse of pronouns. I will not. Okay, I will not because this is, this is not correct. This one individual is not, a, is not a plural person. They're not multiple people. Okay, it's one person, one human being. That's reality. It gets a he, it gets a she. It doesn't get a them. All right. A law student and activist has sued a Charlotte Mecklenburg police officer for defamation, saying that the incident resulted in him being punished with a higher bond in another state and being banned from the University of North Carolina's campus. Actually, I think that would be your actions that did that, Jamie. Your actions did that. We're going to take it's a little something I like to call personal responsibility. See, when you do stupid stuff, you win stupid prizes. Yeah, that's how that works. You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. And this is one of the stupid prizes you've won. Yeah, you got tossed in jail and... The law school doesn't want you no more. Well, just suspended. You got to do your classes via Zoom because innocent until proven guilty and all. And then it's like classmates are like, justice for Jamie, you know. Dubbed by the paper a Charlotte activist and a student at UNC School of Law, Jamie Marsicano says CMPD Major Brad Koch or Koch spoke with investigators in Georgia back in March and referenced criminal charges that were previously brought against Jamie during protests here in Charlotte back in 2020. What was going on in 2020? Oh, I remember. It was a a fiery but mostly peaceful riot. Lots of beatings and stuff. I don't know. Some some looting maybe, some violence, some maybe some vandalism, some light treason. <laughs> Just kidding. That's <laughs> At the heart of the issue is a question of whether the criminal case was effectively expunged from his record or not. Yeah, not all of it was, obviously, <laughs> because they cited some of the or one of the charges. But it looks like the, the, the at issue here is the date that the law took effect and when the when the, the charges were filed and whether they were allowed to be expunged or not. And, you know, honestly, I don't really care. I really don't. He's suing over defamation and says he has suffered great trauma by being thrown in in jail for participating in the Molotov cocktail attacks and such. No, no thought about the trial. This is this is this is why when you you start listening to some of these activists, the raging narcissism that comes through that everything is about them and their feelings. You know, the idea that you're tossing, allegedly, tossing Molotov cocktails and fireworks at construction equipment and cops during your protest in another state, right? that you don't ever think about any trauma that you may be inflicting on anybody else 
Like the, wasn't there like a construction worker guy that was driving through and they started shooting at this guy? No trauma for him. No, no, no. But you have to spend a couple days in the clink and oh, oh, the trauma for you. So you're going to sue. Talk about privilege. All right, more on that in a minute. First, let me tell you, the Heritage Life Skills event was fantastic. Every year, Bill and Jan Sturett organize the event to help people get educated on how to be prepared for anything. The Sturettes own Carolina Readiness Supply, 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials you'll need for any kind of emergency. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies, because being prepared is just smart. The Heritage Life Skills event brings educated and vendors from all over to help people do just that, I was honored to be able to be a small part of it. And whether you're an experienced prepper, have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Jamie Marsicano, a Charlotte activist and a student at UNC School of Law, says that a Charlotte Mecklenburg police major named Brad Koch or Koch, I'm not sure, Uh, we'll say Koch, spoke with investigators in Georgia and referenced criminal charges that were previously brought against Marsicano during protests in Charlotte in 2020. At the heart of the issue is a question of whether the criminal case was effectively expunged from Marsicano's record. His lawyer says it should have been automatically erased from court records under North Carolina's Second Chance Act following the dismissal that prosecutors allowed to occur last year. CMPD has issued a statement defending its officer, its uh, major, Koch, or Koch, uh, who has been with the department for 30 years. The department says at least one charge in the criminal case does not appear to have been expunged. Marsicano was an organizer for Charlotte Uprising. That's how you have to say that, by the way. It's a group that led police brutality protests in 2020 and one of two activists who turned themselves in for charges related to the local protests over George Floyd's killing by Minnesota police. CMPD charged Marsicano with assault on a government official, resisting arrest and disorderly conduct. Oh, and by the way, you know who he was resisting? Major Koch. Okay, that actually sounds like like he has some sort of drug problem. Okay, he was resisting CMPD Major Koch, Brad Koch. Um, CMPD says while expungements were automatically applied to cases after December 1, this was not applied to charges dismissed before that date, so the agency said some of the charges against Marsicano are still available in court records. And so what Marsicano was angry at is that Koch told the Atlanta cops about the charge and talked with them about it. Because then the Atlanta guys were like, oh, this guy's like a violent Antifa type. And so they they were like, hold him on a higher bond. And that caused him trauma. Marsicano was arrested during a mass raid in Atlanta back in March. He was part of the Stop Cop City protests. They were accused of vandalism and arson at the construction site. The Atlanta Police Department claims those arrested are accused of throwing bricks, flaming Molotov cocktails, as well as fireworks at both officers and equipment. The story goes on to say later that the lawsuit um, 
or in the lawsuit that the state of Georgia, quote, vigorously sought to keep Marsicano and others in jail. Well, yeah, they're kind of violent. <laughs> they are a threat to public safety. That's why you keep people in jail. That and they're a flight risk. And I believe Marsicano's got a whole bunch of money. He seems to have a whole bunch of money. Individually and as a CMPD official with access to police records, Koch proceeded to speak ill of plaintiff and fabricate a narrative about plaintiff's character. So now, so this is the argument that the cops are not allowed to talk with each other about the cases of an individual from that other jurisdiction. So I guess, well, that's going to ruin like every single cop show on TV. Um. Koch referenced an expunged violent uh, criminal charge when speaking with these investigators to paint his Marsicano's character in a violent and twisted light. Well, was it? Right? Was it? It, I mean, it it does kind of seem like he's got a bit of a pattern here, folks. When you keep getting charged with violent crimes connected with protests, I'm thinking that's a pattern, right? I'm, yeah, I'm thinking that there might be something there. Or maybe they just keep getting the wrong guy. Oh, I'm sure that could be the case, too. They just keep getting the wrong person. The department confirmed Koch spoke with officials in Georgia, but said he had a right to do so. They said even if the matter had been expunged, the order does not prohibit an officer from talking with another law enforcement agency about that officer's independent recollection of the event. So classic anti-fascist kind of behavior, right? They don't want people to have free speech if they're going to talk bad about them, right? Classic Antifa. Totally against the fascism. That's why I call these people LARPers. Live action role play. They're not real. They're just authoritarians. (laughs) 